This is Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors, exclusively on the Bun 2.0, KBUNFM 104.5. Well, today we're going to do a little Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors talk. Uh, take a little break from the fish, but we're not really leaving the water because we're going to talk about ducks. We have Scott Anderson here. He's the regional director of Ducks Unlimited, and it's that time of year. It's banquet time. It is. Uh, banquet season and uh, darn near hunting season, too. <laughs> yeah. So so when does duck hunting season start? Well, actually, early goose already started. That yep. started September 1st. But um, youth waterfall opener is this coming weekend. And then the official wide open state duck season starts on September 21st. Okay. Uh, Ducks Unlimited is an organization that's been around a long time now. 1937. 1937. How long has it been in Bemidji? 47 years. Okay. This will be number 47. So a few years from now, you're going to have a big banquet, big celebration. 50th anniversary, yep. Yeah. So Ducks Unlimited, for those who aren't familiar, obviously is is uh, designed to help the duck population. It is. It's a, it's a wetlands and waterfall conservation organization. Um, we do mostly, you know, wetland work, grassland work that, that waterfall benefit from, but there's so many other species that come out of that too that benefit and plus humans. I mean, even, you know, water filtration, storm water trapping, things like that. So, I mean, it's, our focus is waterfall, but it, it's way beyond that that it helps out. I was kind of compare things to fishing because that's where I spend the bulk of my time doing interviews is with fishing people. They can, you know, actually put, you know, fry in the lake. We're really not about putting ducks in a particular area. We're about maintaining and expanding, hopefully, uh, good areas where ducks can thrive. That's correct. I mean, you, you can't really just hatch ducks and let them go in the wild. They, they won't survive. They need that parental vision early on and stuff like that. So it's all about you know getting the habitat down there. And simply, if there's more water and more grass that the ducks need, the more waterfall you'll have in the future. I've always been impressed with the support Ducks Unlimited has up here and with the number of people involved with Ducks Unlimited. There's obviously a, a very strong core of people who care about this topic. There is. I mean, that's just part of the heritage of the outdoors that, I mean, the Bemidji area has, but Minnesota in general too. But yeah, I mean, in Bemidji with 47 years of an event that's been ongoing, you know, we get around 300 people to the event, a little bit less some years, but um, it's always supported well. And plus, we have multiple chapters in the town, too, and surrounding areas. So, I mean, you can see there's a lot of a lot of interest in, in what we're doing and support and what we're doing as well, too. Obviously, there's a lot of duck hunters, but I think it goes beyond that. I mean, I think people who live up here, me certainly, uh, though I'm probably not much of a hunter, I certainly enjoy uh, the fact that we have ducks, that we have the those lovely areas where where ducks can thrive and other wildlife can thrive, it's just part of living up here. Absolutely, I mean the people that come to our events or support our organization um, aren't all just hunters. I mean a large portion are, but I mean there's people that are bird watchers, photographers, um, and other people that just hunt different species that realize. You know, the deer, or the pheasants, or the grouse that they chase take advantage of the habitat we use as well, too. So, I mean, there's a wide variety of people, and, and attending our events um, doesn't necessarily mean you have to hunt. You know, there's lots of prizes we give away um, that aren't hunting-related. So we try to involve everybody to let everyone give back to what we're doing. Okay. Um, how long have you been involved with Ducks Unlimited, Scott? I've uh, been on DU staff for 14 years now, and I was a volunteer uh, a little few years before that as well, too. So about 16, 17 years. Obviously... Ducks has been a part of your life for a long time. I don't, that's not something you just jump into because it looks like a good job opportunity. No, no. I, I, I grew up uh, in the outdoors as a kid, and my, my father and my grandpa took me out um, hunting when I was small enough, just carrying a little pop gun out, out to the duck blind um, and just got further involved after that. It was just something I studied in college um, and wanted to continue working 
you know, beyond college and I interned for DU while I was in college and then lucky enough to get a job with them and just wanted to stay involved in, in the conservation end of things. Okay. We got a lot, I got a lot more questions about that end of it, but let's talk about the banquet. It is coming up. Uh, well, this will air, uh, on Thursday and it'll be one week from this, this air date that the, the banquet will be here. That's correct. Uh, Thursday, September 12th. Um, it's at the Hampton Inn here in Bemidji, right on the lakeside there. It's been there for the last, you know, six, seven years. Um, like I said, you know, it's, we give a lot of prizes away. It's not just hunting stuff. Anyone can attend, um, whether they're kids, which we call green wings, which are 17 and under or adults. Um, and, uh, we, we usually give around 40 guns away and a little over $40,000 in prizes and there's lots to win. I was going to ask that. What, what is the value? And it had to be up there. $40,000. That's a lot. Yeah. Well, when you start some of the, you know, a lot of the guns we give away are high end. So, I mean, that adds it up quick and we just get a lot of great donations from town and, uh, we also buy some stuff as well. And, uh, we, you know, the more we can give away, the more people are happy, the more they want to support and keep bringing them back mm-hmm. year after year. And you mentioned you've had it at the Hampton Inn a long time. It's a, that's a great, great place to have something like that. It is. They, they've they always worked well with us. Uh, the food is phenomenal coming out of the Green Mill, and we get a lot of great comments on that every year, so it's hard to hard to pass that up. And so um, if people are interested, uh, how do they get tickets? Yeah, so um, you can buy online, and you can just go to uh, ducks.org slash Minnesota, and you'll find the events listed on that page. Um, they can uh, reach out to me as well, uh, which would be Scott Anderson at 218 218- Three three zero two two three six, and we'll also have some tickets sitting up at uh, Lazy Jack's Bar and Grill that you can uh, purchase right there, and they can collect them for you. Okay, so um, the event is coming up next Thursday, as you mentioned. How much are the tickets? Uh, single ticket starts at fifty bucks. Couples ninety, and we have some sponsorship levels that you can do as well too. But um, kind of the big thing with our event that a lot of people get into is we have what we call hunters tables. It's a group table, table of eight, and by buying a table eight, everybody actually gets a discount, so it knocks a little bit off the ticket price. Kind of give a benefit for people that want to come together, celebrate a night together, have some fun out. Um, and then um, the other big thing that a lot of people like is every adult ticket that's purchased, whether it's on a table or a single or a couple, they all get a $20 gift card to L&M Fleet. So, I mean, you might be spending 45 50 bucks for the ticket, but you're going to be getting $20 back in a gift card. So it kind of knocks a lot, a lot of the price down right there. When you go to the banquet, you become a member of Ducks Unlimited, correct? That's correct. And what, uh, what are the benefits of membership? Well, um, you get uh, a bi-monthly uh, magazine, uh, decals to go in your vehicle. Um, there's newsletters and email stuff you can kind of subscribe to and online stuff you can subscribe to, too, that gets you information on conservation work, hunting tactics, decoys, spreads, uh, waterfalling gear, um, and just in the general of the habitat that we do and, and how it helps. DU Regional Director Scott Anderson is my guest. The Bemidji DU Banquet is coming up. We're talking all things duck, though. Stick around. More of the great outdoors with Kev Jackson next on Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. It is a Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors edition. Just a reminder that we've got another just over a week of fish in Paul Bunyan Country, and then we go weekly for the next 32 weeks. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors every Thursday at 1240 on KBUN-FM 104.5, and then we'll play it again on Saturday mornings at 8 a.m., and, of course, we will podcast it as well at KBUNSportsRadio.com. Click on Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors or go to Podcast One or iTunes, and subscribe. Scott Anderson, the Regional Ducks Unlimited Director, my guest today. As I said, it was banquet season. Bemidji's coming up is uh, next Thursday. It's not the only one, though. you got a few more in this area, too. 
Yeah, there's a couple more um, in the fall, at least here. Um, Walker, which we call the Northern Cass County Ducks Unlimited. They're uh, September 19th, so the, the week after Bemidji. That's also a big one. That's actually the longest-running chapter in the state of Minnesota. Last year, they celebrated their 50th anniversary, so this oh, will wow. be 51 for them. So that one's been going a long time. We've got a good following down there, and it's a really good banquet. Um, we also have uh, the BSU uh, chapter as well that's ran and organized by students on campus, and they do a, an event in October on the 9th that is just actually for students, faculty, and alumni of BSU only, kind of a way to give back to those that have been a part of that group. And okay. um, that's that's focused mainly on waterfall hunting. Um, originally it was created to kind of like some of the students wanted to do an event just for them to win some stuff instead yeah. of being open to the public. Um, it's kind of expanded a little bit with alumni being in there too and faculty, but um, it's mainly students, and uh, they have a great time doing it. Okay. Um <clears throat> For the Walker event, how can people get tickets? Um, you can, uh, like said, yes, yeah, right online. Um, all the events that Ducks and Lemon host in the state of Minnesota and the country actually are all listed online. You can buy tickets online um, on those sites for each chapter. They have the contacts of who to call. Um, they can also get a hold of me as well, too, at that same number I gave earlier. Um, for tickets, I can direct them who to go to and stuff. So you're the regional director. Which region and uh, how big is your territory? Uh, I cover northern Minnesota. Um it's uh, it's changed a little bit over the years, but right now it kind of goes, well, the Dakota border, uh, North Dakota border, the Canadian border, and then it kind of goes from I Falls down to Grand Rapids, down to Isle on the east side of Mille Lacs Lake, uh, wraps down to Little Falls, uh, over to up Highway 10, kind of like Perm, Pelican Rapids, and then all the way to Moorhead. That's a lot of banquets. It's quite a few. <laughs> it's about 60 to 70 a year, but um, it's kind of interesting because actually that, that chunk of, of Minnesota is actually uh, the fifth largest fundraising region in the nation for Ducks wow. Unlimited. Okay. Um, there's uh, bank- a lot of banquets, a lot of support, um, some bigger banquets, but uh, it's pretty crazy when you look at you know, our population, that location, um, how it competes against things like even the Twin Cities, but I mean, you know, other cities in California or New York, and it's, it tops those areas for, uh, for fundraising efforts, and then wow. which obviously turns into the conservation work we do on the ground. Sure. Now, um, you know, um, again, comparing fish to wildlife, you know, um, deer, that's pretty much the walleye of the hunting world here in Minnesota. So where do ducks stack up as far as the number of people duck hunting versus the number of people um, deer hunting? Yeah, um, it's quite a bit less. Um, okay. You know, part of that is obviously it's, it's usually a lot easier to deer hunt. You don't necessarily need a boat maybe or uh, decoys. You can kind of just, you know, you could just go walk around in the woods or sit on a sit on a bank somewhere or a hill looking for looking for deer. It's a little easier to do. Um, uh, there's about fifty to sixty thousand waterfall hunters in the state of Minnesota. Okay. Um, so it is quite a bit less than uh, than deer hunters, but that number is it's gone up and down. You know, it always kind of depends on the populations of the waterfall. When there's a lot of ducks, and people tend to get into it more. Um, when they when the population drops a little bit, um, you know, people aren't as excited about it because they they can't just guaranteed shooting limits every day so they 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 change to something else and they kind of come back so it's it's an ebb and flow thing and um but minnesota is always one of the highest waterfall hunter numbers in the nation um it usually falls either second or third behind maybe texas or california Um, Mm wisconsin is really close in there too all right uh how has duck hunting been in minnesota in the recent history um it's been pretty decent last year was a little bit more than a challenge for some people um you know, if you remember, we got that really cold, cold front that actually even created some thin sheets of ice across some small ponds in uh, in early October last year. 
Um, so that kind of pushed some of the locals out. Migrants didn't come down. And that kind of spread out through the year. Um, you know, this year we'll see the populations are pretty much steady. Um, some species went down a little bit. Some species went up. Um, but, uh, you know, a lot of it depends on the migrations and the temperatures and the access of water and food. And, uh, you just kind of hope it's a steady trickle of ducks versus just one big push. So it's kind of one and done, but, uh, you know, it, it, our food, our food availability, which up here is mainly wild rice, a lot of wild rice. Um, that's what ducks are looking for when they migrate. So that, that wild rice production this year was good. So we'll see what happens when the ducks start moving. Yeah. That is a factor that you don't think about. It's not just whether you have ducks in the state or not, it's whether they're going to stick around because they, they, they will fly, they do fly south for the winter. So, um, weather will be, I suppose, a factor in how long they're sticking around this neck of the woods. Absolutely. Yeah, you're right. I mean, they have to fly south because at some point all the lakes are going to freeze. There's snow going to be on the ground, cover up the food source. So they have to move on. And that's, that's what drives them. I mean, there's, there's other aspects of, uh, you know, amount of sunlight um, that the triggers migration and hormones that make them want to move south and start uh, start their breeding process or uh, mating process really and um, but food and weather really drives it and once those things are not available they move south and uh, it always happens in Minnesota they're going to move on through and like I said you just kind of hope it's a slow and steady uh, move into winter versus one big push and things freeze up fast yeah now We've talked about this, I think, every year when we do this, but it's, it's definitely worth talking about. You can do all you want in the state of Minnesota and have a little duck paradise. But if you're not getting any cooperation from other parts of the of the nation and really North America where ducks are going um, and they have no good place to land in the south, for example, it's it doesn't matter what we do up here, right? I mean, it's got to be a an effort of a lot of different agencies. Right. It's it's a continental effort. I mean, because, uh, you know, in Minnesota, we kind of see that we still have some of the breeding grounds happening here, um, especially to the western uh, part of the state and southwestern part of the state. But, I mean, a lot of the ducks move right through Minnesota up into Canada to breed, and then they come back through heading south to the wintering grounds. So if you're not doing work in Canada and the Dakotas and on those breeding grounds and then also on the southern winter, winter grounds, which are, you know, Texas – Arkansas, Louisiana, Florida, I mean, even into Central America as well, too, they aren't going to survive. they got to have all the steps in their life cycle fulfilled to be able to continue to, you know, have a bigger population and keep coming back year after year. Wrapping it up with Scott Anderson, the Regional Director of Ducks Unlimited. Their big banquet is coming up here in Bemidji next week and the following week in Walker. Ducks Unlimited is, a, is an inter- international organization, correct? It is. There's, uh, there, well, there's three parts to it and they're all technically separate businesses, but there's Ducks Unlimited Inc., which is you know, United States, what everyone's familiar with. There is a Ducks Unlimited Canada, which operates separately, but obviously the same mission, same goals. Um, and then there's, there's, uh, Ducks Unlimited Mexico too, that same thing, separate organ, separate business, but it operates in the same goals and the same path. And we all cooperate together, uh, amongst each other, but then also with a lot of state and federal agencies as well too. Okay. And obviously there are ducks in, on all continents except probably Antarctica. Um, but I, I mean, those have to operate separately because those ducks are not work, you know, they're not migrating over here. Right. It's pretty rare. You'll see, um, there are, there are signs of like, uh, you know, I guess it's not even getting to a different continent, but there are ducks that they've had, uh, packs on telemetry packs, GPS, so they can track where they're flying that have gone from like, you know, uh, there was one a few years back that in within 72 hours went from Devil's Lake, North Dakota to Cuba. 
Um, wow. You know, not necessarily a different continent, but quite a distance. Um, but there are, there are, you know, if you get up into Alaska, there are records of ducks coming from Russia across um, the ocean because, you know, there's the proximity there. It's pretty rare, but um, they've seen it happen before. Okay. So what is the ideal duck habitat and how many acres do they need? Well, that's uh, it's kind of varies depending on the species and type of duck. Um, you know, as far as uh, diving ducks, so a lot of a lot of what we see in Minnesota: golden eyes, bluebills, canvasbacks, redheads, ringnecks, buffleheads, um, mergansers. You know, they're they're water-based feeders, so they're going to be feeding in lakes. Um, mm-hmm. You'll see Lake Bemidji pile up with divers. Um, you know, later October, even in November, depending on the the, the migration routes and uh, the uh, temperatures out. Um, Dabblers, which will be like the mallards, uh, teal, wood ducks, uh, um, uh, let's see, and then, well, there's, a, there's a bunch more, uh, let's see, mallards, teal, wood ducks, gadwall, um, black ducks. They will feed in shallow water, but also on fields or in grasslands as well, too. Um, you'll, that's what you see a lot of times flying into fields with the geese as well, mm-hmm. too. They'll be going into cornfields, wheat fields, soybeans, picking up stuff in there. Um, but they also feed in water, but shallow water. So you're talking usually less than probably three feet of water that they'll be feeding in. Okay. Um, and, again, it's, what was it, September 20? September 21st. 21st is the start of the next season, and it goes quite a while. It's uh, 60 days long. Um, they have, over the past recent years, they've now broken Minnesota into three different zones, the north, central, and south. Um, they all start on the 21st. Um, but then the central and southern zones take a break right after the weekend opener. Um, I think the central zone is about three or four days, and then the actual the southern zone is like about a week. So uh, our air, our listening area mainly will end, um, go from September 21st to I think it's November 19th. It's the, usually the Tuesday before Thanksgiving. And then the su- central zone will end just after Thanksgiving, and then the southern zone usually goes to around December 1st. Okay. Um, what is Ducks Unlimited doing the most of acquiring land, developing land, maintaining land, or all of the above? It's really all of the above. It it really comes down to what is needed in that direct area. Um, so Minnesota, a lot of our current work right now um, in the, this listing area, the northern part of the state, is our wild rice lakes. So we're managing lakes that already exist, and we're just managing the flow of water in and out of those lakes, in, mainly in the springtime, but it, it affects it all year round, too, so that the uh, optimal water levels can be present when wild rice is thriving and ready to grow. Um, you move down to Lake Southern Minnesota, and we're doing more uh, shallow water wetlands and grassland work. Um, where we're, we partner with a lot of agencies, whether it's, uh, you know, the DNR, Fish and Wildlife, or even other nonprofit organizations. Um, we'll work with them as well, too, and we're doing tracts of land that will have wetlands and grasslands, so it's kind of breeding habitat. Does Ducks Unlimited have its own staff of biologists, Do they, or do you just fund the other agencies? Uh, no, we have our own biologist. Uh, we have uh, about four biologists just here in Minnesota. We have some engineers as well, too. Um, and it, again, it all it all depends on the project that's happening. Sometimes uh, another organization or a state agency is better adapted to do that work than we are, so we cost share it, okay. but um, and we play a role in it. But maybe they're actually doing the dirt work or something like that. So, like for example, with the with the wild rice work that we do up here, we actually uh, cost share that with the Minnesota DNR. So they actually kind of manage, you know, who's trapping what and where they're going and who the trappers are. But we help pay for all that and play a role in you know managing some of it as well. Okay. Your uh, your knowledge as a guy who's been involved in this a long time, um, what is your anticipation as far as with the weather we've had, 
the temperatures we have right now, when when things will heat up duck wise in Minnesota? Uh, well, opener is always good, just because it's kind of like a, it's kind of like deer opener. It's a surprise. Like all of a sudden, we're all in the field hunting. There's usually a lot of ducks around. Typically, personally, I don't get real excited about duck season until later October, um, when you start getting the big pushes of northern birds coming down. Um, I grew up as a, kind of a big diver hunter, and that's kind of when the divers start trickling in. I always love hunting around Halloween. Um, and then of course you get to November and then it's the balance of deer and deer and duck. But, um, <laughs> usually, usually the first couple of weeks of the duck season are good. There's usually a little bit of a lull in mid October, uh, when you're kind of in between, you know, by then we've gotten maybe a first snow or maybe a light freeze. And so some of the local birds have pushed out and you're still waiting for some of those Northern birds to migrate down. And so mid October can be a little bit slow sometimes, but usually it's the, the first couple of weeks. And then basically from, I would say Halloween on is, is really good. Okay. Um, so the next big thing, though, is the banquet. It is a week from now, and really the easiest way probably is to just go to ducks.org and and uh, get registered there. Yeah, I mean, that's a simple way to do it um, as long as you're uh, Internet savvy, which most people are these days. But like I said, um, we'll, we'll have tickets at Lazy Jack's Bar and Grill as well, too, and they can swing in there and fill, fill one out and just leave the ticket there, and we'll pick them up. Okay, what, what time does it start next Thursday? Uh, doors open at 5.30, dinner at 7, and it usually gets done around, around 10 o'clock. Okay. Scott Anderson is the regional director of Ducks Unlimited. Uh, the Big Bemidji event, the 47th annual, is uh, coming up on Thursday the 12th. Uh, then the BSU student alumni faculty one is on October 9th. And then uh, Walkers is on September 19th. And again, ducks.org probably to get the Walker tickets if you'd like. As well. Yeah, it works. Scott, thanks for coming in and uh, sharing with, uh, with us about Ducks Unlimited. We always appreciate having you stop by. Thanks a lot for having me. This has been Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. Hear it exclusively on KVUNFM 104.5, Thursdays at 1240 and Saturday mornings at 8. The South Dakota Stories, Volume 2. I could see beyond the Black Hills and the way they called for exploration. I could feel the air, the way it paints against skin and fills hungry lungs. I could hear the way the water ran for miles and the way the bison grazed. The way our boots meet the earth as we step past expected. I could imagine my time in South Dakota, and I wish to go back, because there's so much South Dakota, so little time.